want to welcome you all into episode 42 of Trojan Talk. I'm Zach Taranko here with Cole Purvis and Jeff Christianberry. How are you guys doing this morning? Very good. Awesome. It is uh, a snowy day. It's a slushy day, too. The rain uh, made it to slush. Not, uh, not great for my shoes. I got my <laughs> shoes real wet going to my car this morning. But we have a lot to talk about, and we will start with TA Sports and girls basketball. And last night, the girls basketball lost their undefeated streak. They were 13-0. Now they're 13-1. They lost to Shepherds 49-35. to Cole, we were there. We broadcast that game. Uh, it was, just didn't look too too great throughout the game. It, it was they were lost most of the game. Couldn't score consistently. What did what does this game say about uh, their team? Not we obviously know that uh, this game doesn't define their season, but what does it say about you know how that team is playing? Well, you look at it, and you'd never want to have a loss. And I know we talk about oh maybe it's good that they had a loss. I don't know about that, but it was good that they got the game in because getting a loss and getting the game in is better than not playing the game at all because now they they got to test themselves against one of the elite teams up north in Chevrolet, which they had an absolute powerhouse. And uh, when it comes to maybe a potential state championship down the road, we know TA's rolled through the south, and I wouldn't be surprised if they basically have a cakewalk to the state championship because they crushed Gorham, the second-best team in that conference. But then they get to the state championship, and you're going to have to deal with the Chevreses, the Oxford Hills, and maybe uh, Bangor might be in the mix as well. So uh, you certainly want to test yourself against those teams. But yesterday, they were missing that composure that they've had all season long, that poise that they've had, and the confidence shooting from behind the arc. When they can get open and uh, shoot these threes. We saw in the Hoops for Hope game, Hannah Cook had a great game. Addison Sulikowski was uh, shooting very well from deep. And so if they can get back to that, then I think they can beat anybody. But they were just missing that confidence and that composure yesterday. Against Chevrolet, a good team that can defend the three-point line really well. They were contesting TA shots a lot and just not enough three-pointers taken. And they live and die by the three. We've talked about that all season long. And they went away from that yesterday. And of course, Chevrolet, it's it's tough to deal with Emma Lazat. She's a great player. They're their center, a great shot blocker, and uh, they really couldn't get anything going in the paint. But there were a ton of off-balance shots yesterday. I think that's something they need to, need to fix. So getting to a state championship, I still feel pretty confident in this, in this team. They're 13-1, and one, which is outstanding, and they still have a ton of great players. But um, definitely they're going to have to make some adjustments and have to improve if they want to go all the way and win a state championship. As you said, you know, you don't you don't want to lose. and But, you know, it's one of those things they've kind of been teetering on the edge for, the, for a few weeks now in terms of getting that first loss i remember we were i forget which game we we're broadcasting they're playing on the road against scarborough and uh oh yeah it was the alumni broadcast we did uh, a few weeks ago and they just did not play well against the scarborough team who's mediocre this year on uh, record wise at least um and just you know they came back and won that game but it's been kind of having some games where you know look going undefeated is very difficult to do and um when you're a team that has really three or four really good players versus one or two like amazing superstars um then you're going to have nights like that. And I think, you know, I, I d- didn't watch the game live. I saw it on, on video. But, um, you know, I, I tuned in. You know, the second half, they certainly got it together, especially in the fourth quarter. They started to score again, but they kind of gave it up on the other end too. So, look, Chevers comes in with a lot of confidence. What does this mean for another matchup? I still think, you know, TA is the best team in the South, so I'm not, I'm not too worried about the playoff run in, in the bracket. Um, but when you get to states, it's so different. You know, it's only a few weeks away because we're, we're really at the end of the season. Um, but when you play in that different arena, that different atmosphere, you're going to be playing with more confidence because you just won a regional championship, theoretically, and, and beat some good teams. So um, is it good that they lost? No. Um, but, again, just I say, like, you know, just you live and die by the three, so just, just hammer that the rest of the way. And, and um, you know, if you try to change things up at this point when you've played 14 games, then that's going to be really difficult. But hats off to Chevris. You know, will they see them again in the States? I think Chevris is the second or third best team in the North, but anything can happen in that 
and those playoffs when you get to the Cross Insurance Arena. So, um, you know, it's it's not great to get a loss, but it's not the most shocking thing. And and look, maybe maybe the start the different start time it was different too. I mean, it's playing at four thirty is much different than playing at six or six thirty or seven even if they play some road games. So who knows what kind of factor that had to do with it too. But it looked like a good crowd and and a good good a good game for all the eyes were here, which is great for for girls basketball. Yeah. So my next question about girls basketball for you guys, you know, obviously um, the the court at the Cross Insurance Arena is different. It's a different kind of sh- size, maybe it's a little bit bigger. And the but shape. really, it's about the it's about the space behind yeah, the backboards. Yeah, the, the space as well as a, a bigger arena. And obviously, they're playing playoff games. Do you think? So my question is, do you think that TA could be upset on their way to a state championship? Looking at how that team played in in a, in a pressured that was a pressure filled game. Lots of uh, it was a good matchup last night. Um, some of the players that were newer to that kind of atmosphere did not play very well. Um, do you think the TA could be upset with either a bad shooting night or just the atmosphere of the playoffs kind of getting to them? I don't think the atmosphere part of it because they're a pretty experienced team. And look, when I when I say upset, I don't really I, I don't think like losing the regional final would be an upset. I, I mean, if you're asking if they're going to lose in the first two rounds, I just don't see that happening. When you literally look at the other teams, I mean, look again right now the heel points are TA, Gorham, Sanford, South Portland is the top four. Like, I don't see them losing to Sanford, South Portland, Scarborough, Bonnie, Eagle, or Noble, who are the teams that could play in the playoffs in the South. Gorham, look, if they go out and lose to Gorham, you know, they, I know they beat them in Hoops for Hope. That's an emotional night. Like, I'm not going to say that's a huge upset and a huge choke job. I mean, we're talking, again, I brought up the, this year a couple of years ago when they were the number one seed and they lost to the eight seed, I think, Wyndham at the time. Uh, in the in the regional quarterfinals up at the Expo, and that was a, that was a joke. That was an upset. Um, I don't see that that happening to this team. If they go the re- losing the regional final to a decent Gorm team, that's not going to be look. It's going to be disappointing, but it's not going to be a huge upset. So when you're really looking at the big picture, and and do they have the mental makeup to, to to avoid an upset? Yes, I think they do because pretty much all these girls are very experienced, and that doesn't seem to be their problem. The moment it's really just about. That, that shooting that night. And I think they could overcome almost any team in the South if they have a bad shooting night. I, I could see it. I can see it upset happening. I think Sanford came into uh, Linnell earlier this season and came within 10 points of TA. So uh, if they lose that confidence and that composure like I was talking about earlier and their shots aren't falling, they, they could lose. Again, they're going to get likely a bye. Um, so head straight to the Cross Insurance Arena. And uh, another problem yesterday was turnovers. And if they're turning the ball over and just – playing carelessly then I think Gorham could knock them off Gorham did play two games close to TA earlier this year and Sanford as I just mentioned but uh, again again it's the playoffs and anything could happen so of course they could get knocked off but I still think they have a great chance to uh, go all the way to the state championship but you don't want to take anything for granted and handle your business in those uh, regional final and quarterfinal games but it takes two to pull off an upset too it would take TA not being mentally ready and having a bad night plus the other team exactly. being mentally ready that's why I look at these other teams and I don't see anybody that has a ton of veteran leadership that's made a run like maybe that's why Gorham like Gorham probably has some girls that have been there even maybe they weren't the superstars um but yeah that's that's how it is I just want to give a quick shout out to this has nothing to do with TA but Mackenzie Holmes the former Gorham player is like one of the best players in the country now and she's like gonna be big big 10 player of the year Indiana's in the top I think the top six now Mm -hmm. of 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 girls so it was cool I remember covering her quite a bit and you know she got the big scholarship and you're like all right well can was that really going to translate to to the NCAA and she's She's been unbelievable, averaging a double double pretty much this whole season. So it's pretty cool to see a main girl, you know, yeah. being one of the best players in the country. Yeah, we don't see that a lot, and hopefully we'll see that um, with Cooper Flag too in Flag a couple and years. JP Estrella yeah. maybe at Tennessee. Yeah. We'll move over to boys basketball now. They this past weekend had a shocking loss to Gorham, fifty nine to fifty two. The first thing I want to say is, um, uh, the funny thing I saw is after that, um, 
uh, uh, Taylor Mannix and Greg hmm. Levinsky do their their power rankings um, every week or every two weeks. And after that loss, they put Gorm above TA, which I was very uh, confused about. I don't, I'm not sure how that one loss uh, p- dropped them below as they pretty much just dominated them um, the first time they played them at, at Linnell. But looking at the boys' basketball team, they've lost to Portland. They just lost to Gorham. What are your concerns with this team right now as we head closer and closer to the playoffs? I don't really have any concerns. And, you know, it's interesting. So I, I didn't see the game, obviously, at Gorham, but I did talk to some people who were there and, and basically said, look, this team had played a ton of games in a short amount of time, and that specific, particular game, they missed a ton of layups. Look, if you do that in the, in the, in the playoffs, you're going to lose. I mean, that's that's yeah. true for any team. So, again, I, again, when you're looking in the big picture at TA, I'm again, I'm not so much worried about the South. Like, yes, yeah, South Portland could pro, 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 you know, have a challenge or Gorham could have a challenge because we saw that when they were here, they were the team that, that jumped out to like a 20-3 to three lead or something, mm-hmm. and then they ended up folding uh, in the second half. But – I don't. I, again, I'm not. I'm not as worried. I, I just think you know. Again, when you get to the states and you're going to be playing Portland or Oxford Hills, much like the girls, it's going to be a total toss up um, if you make it there. But I just don't have much worries because I think in in crunch time, you know, Will's been there, Alicia's been there. These, a lot of these players were, you know, Braden's been there. They were in the regional final last year. They're going to have that revenge factor going on. Look, it's kind of a late season lull. You're, I, I'm sure they're like, all right, we're basically secured the one seed. There's nothing else we can really accomplish. We're not undefeated. So it's not like we're going for that. I just want the playoffs to be here to get back to that crash insurance arena and get some revenge on South Portland and the rest of the team. So, look, there's certainly some things you nitpick on. You know, there are times where if Braden's not shooting very well and Will's turning the ball over, they don't really have many options. Um, a lot of the younger guys specifically missed a lot of shots uh, against Gorham. Some of the guys that hit shots previously, that's going to be some growing pain. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not concerned. Uh, I'm not concerned really in the least about about their chances. It's because of the loss to Gorham. Now, if they lose another game or two down the stretch, considering there should be favorites in all their games, that maybe is a little more concerning. They will have to play in a quarterfinal match here, but it's probably going to be against Massapequa, which will be probably a laugher. Um, <laughs> And then you know, then we get some serious, some serious competition during February break. So no, not not concerned in the least. I, I think there was a clear overreaction to TA losing to Gorham. It's one of those things where it's not like football; you lose a game and it's such a big deal. You like you said it. They that was their third game of the week, and sometimes you're tired and you go in on the road and play a good Gorham team that can shoot. Uh, Gorham hadn't played at all that that week, yeah. and it's kind of like TA this week. They don't have any games until Friday night. That was Gorham last week, and they. Um, I don't think they had a game in like five plus days, and then they go in on Saturday and beat TA. I don't think it's a big deal at all. They, these two teams have played two close games, and to rank Gorham ahead of TA, I mean, we're forgetting the fact that TA also beat Gorham earlier this season, mm-hmm. and that they split their matchups. Um, and then TA's only other loss was to Portland. Gorham hasn't played Portland yet, and I'm fairly confident that Portland would handle their business if they did play Gorham. Um, Gorham also lost to Bonnie Eagle earlier in the season. They lost to Noble. If you're the number one team in the South, supposedly, those are two games that you should be winning, Bonnie Eagle and Noble. No disrespect. They're good teams. But if you're the number one team in the South, you probably want to win those games. That being said, though, the missed layups for sure. I watched a Noble game at home about a week ago, I think, and they missed so many layups. It was frustrating to watch. And um, Will is obviously a great distributor of the ball. But when these other guys are uh, not able to finish at the rim, then that can hurt them. And I didn't see the Gorham game, but if that was the problem, again, for two games in a row, then that's something they want to clean up, and they'll have an opportunity against a good Class A Falmouth Falmouth team tomorrow night at home. Uh, I believe Judd Armstrong is healthy for that. I know he's been hurt, but Judd Armstrong is their best player. Um, 
So it'll be another test for TA, and hopefully they can get right and beat Falmouth and keep cruising. But, yeah, I, I definitely think they're the best team in the South. No reason to rank Orem ahead of them at this point. As far point. as the rankings go, it's a little recency bias. And yeah. it gets people talking. Look, we're yeah, talking about it, right? week by week, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, I, know, I understand the whole thing about, well, they just beat them. How could you rank somebody over? But it's like, as Cole said, it's it, basketball. It's basketball. You get twenty, you get 18 games to really look at. I mean, you got to look at the, the yes. big picture. So I think if those teams play 10 times, TA wins seven or eight of them. So that, that that's how I would look at it in terms yeah. of ranking. Yeah, I agree. And uh, that game versus Falmouth, as Cole said, it's going to be a good one. Last year, Falmouth beat TA with a buzzer beater by Brady Coyne. Coyne did, uh, oh my God, what's the word? Graduate. He graduated. Mm. Um, so, Just like you're going to do. Yes. <laughs> Remember so, that. Judd Armstrong is the, the leader of that team now. We will talk about boys hockey now. Uh, Cole uh, and you were both not there for their OT loss to Brunswick. I was there with Troy and Josh weathering the cold weather. Um, <laughs> Uh, a tough loss for them, two to one in overtime. Uh, Brunswick was uh, just a dominant force. They beat them in the the physical game. Um, but the question I have for you guys is: obviously, they've lost to Falmouth twice, both by big scores, and now losing to Brunswick. Um, do you think that these are issues with the teams or w- with TA? Um, you know, not being able to convert offensively or struggling on defense, or are these just games where the other team was better and they just did not win? Well, I did see some of that game. I was in Florida, um, obviously. <laughs> Um, I mean, amazing overtime goal. Yep. I mean, just filthy, play. filthy goal by Brunswick. Totally deserved. It seemed like a very emotional game, too. I think Brunswick probably came in with a little chip on their shoulder because they're Class B and everything and undefeated. I mean, yeah, I'm a little bit more concerned. I, you know, I don't think they're scheduled losses. I mean, if you are if you want to compete for a state championship, this is what this program's all about, then you don't really you shouldn't really have scheduled losses. You should be able to, to, to sneak in one of these big ones. And, and looking at their schedule, they haven't really had that major, like, wow, what a great win by TA. I mean, they've had some good wins. But have they had that really signature win? Uh, I don't think so. So really looking at them, again, as we said before the season, they're still missing that little bit of an X factor in these big games against Brunswick that could have, you know, this is a great example, come through and score that overtime goal. Maybe if you haven't played that well, you sneak in and get a get a victory, maybe that even if you don't deserve it. Um, those are the kind of wins that you need to go into the playoffs, and, and they're probably going to go on the road for some of the playoff games as well in the hostile environments. And I just remember last year when they played at Falmouth in the playoffs, and they were the underdogs in that game. Um, but just had some some awesome performances from some of their studs, and it really changed the momentum. Not saying that they don't have the potential for that this year, but they haven't shown it just yet. So those a little more concerning than than the other teams we've talked about so far. Yeah, I do hate to say it, but I don't think they're quite as strong as last year. And uh, they've lost to Falmouth twice, and then Brunswick, of course, they're not going to have to compete with in the playoffs. Different class. But, you know, you look at all three of these big winter sports, boys and girls, basketball and hockey, and I, my, I think back to my predictions at the beginning of the year, and I still think all three of those are really holding true. You know, I don't think this hockey team is um, a state championship team. Maybe they sneak into the regional final, but they're a good team, uh, better than just middle of the pack, but I don't see them really going all the way. And then boys and girls basketball, I think I picked them both to lose in, in the state championship, which I stand by both of those because I think the North has a better division uh, in both of those sports. So we'll see how it goes again. We'll make it to the playoffs and see how the hockey team performs because they pulled off some magic last year. So that's the thing. Hockey of all the sports is the one where you could see a deep run out of nowhere because really a lot of it comes down to the goalie and a goalie stands on his head. We've seen it at every level of hockey ever. Yep. You know, in basketball, it's really tough to pull off three or four upsets in a row. Maybe in Class C or D that you see it sometimes. In, in hockey, it's possible. So we're not. You know, if they're listening, we're not writing you off yet. But yeah. we, we're looking for some big t- signature wins down the stretch. 
Yeah, they have a one more matchup against Scarborough, which will be another one for them. As Scarborough was coming into the season, the team to beat, and they obviously beat them five to three, but still looking for another big win there. And we'll well, it, was it was last year, like I said, last year they beat Scarborough six nothing, right, in the, like the second last game of the regular yeah, season, then crazy. lost to them in states. I mean, that's yep. that's how hockey works. So, yep. give some updates on some other TA sports. Uh, before we get into any professional sports, I want to talk about swimming first. The boys' team has won four out of their six meets uh, for swimming. The girls' team has won five out of six meets. Um, I believe some records have been broken by both the boys and girls uh, individually on, on those two respective teams. So good, good for them. They should still have a few more. I've seen that in, um, in the last few uh, weeks a lot of meets have been getting canceled because of the weather. So right. that, that's just been unfortunate. But they have their state tournament coming up as well yes. and a lot of different. So it's weird. They do a team competition and also singles, kind of like track. Yep. So we'll definitely keep an eye on the TA Facebook page uh, for some results of those. Yeah. Look at, at the track teams. The boys uh, won their meet on January 21st. A good win um, there. That was against Gorm. I believe it was a top competition there. The girls have all placed well this season. They have not won a meet yet, but they've placed second and third many times. And then girls hockey is 4-7-1 and one with a recent win over Portland Deering. Uh, a lot of co-op teams in girls hockey. Um, I believe the girls' hockey team is like T.A., Biddeford, Sanford, and, and Wells, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, so they've had a decent season so far um, for girls' hockey. We have seven girls, I think, on, a, on a, from yeah. Thornton Academy on that hockey team. And to finish up with T.A. Sports, we just want to uh, mention um, the Hoops for Hope game. Obviously, it, it happened already. It was a great event. Um, it was a lot of fun to broadcast that game with Cole. Um, the Hoops for Hope Foundation raised $28,000, which, as I have been told, is more than they do on any normal given year. Usually it's around, I don't, I'm not sure. 15 or 20 years, yeah, I think. So yeah. a great event, lots of um, lots of great raffles. Um, it was it was very sad to not hear. Did you win anything? No. And uh, what, what I heard was that one person won like five or six things. Really? And they won a bunch of the good things, like the TV and, the, and the, all those good things. Good for them. So, yeah. But a great event. It was lots of fun, and obviously T.A. got the big win, 64-30. to 30. I know you weren't there, which was – I watched it, but it, it's it's yeah. cool. It's actually kind of cool to watch for once, to see just the amount of pink that you see in that in that state. And, you know, they wear the pink jerseys, which is really cool, and, and you see the, the ceremony before where they get to um, – you know, I think what's great is it, it's not just about the fundraising, but you really – it connects the entire basketball program from third graders all the way through because they're raising money as well, and – Sometimes, a lot of times, you get the fourth or fifth graders that raise the most money, and they really get into it. And, and it'd be really interesting to go back five or six years and look at the video to see if any of those girls ended up being on the varsity team and, and becoming superstars. But, I mean, as always, it's a great event. I'm glad they were able to get it in uh, because of weather and everything. So it's good. another great event for Hoops for Hope. We're going to move it over to professional sports now, and we're always starting off with football. We must, as we're getting closer and closer to the Super Bowl. NFC and AFC championships are coming up. I'm just going to go right into it. I have this question on the docs. I'm assuming you guys know what I'm going to ask. Could Mr. Irrelevant win a Super Bowl? No. Um, I think I think he's going to turn into a pumpkin this weekend. Uh, I, I mean, look, it's a cool story. Uh, I'm not sold that he's the next – Tom Brady or anything else. I mean, he is blessed with an elite defense. And we talk about the Patriots. I've talked about them all year being an overrated defense. Like, a, they've been a good defense, not a great defense. That is an elite defense. They are elite at every level. They've got a great scheme. Um, they could, they should have lost to the Cowboys. If Dak Prescott plays like a competent quarterback, they'd probably lose that game right there. So, and look, I'm not a – I think the Eagles are – are fallible, but they're. I think this is where it ends because of Purdy. I mean, you saw Purdy did not did didn't make any horrible plays against the Cowboys, but didn't make many great plays either. And so I think that this is where it, this is where it comes to an end. Now, could they go through if their defense plays crazy and they win seventeen thirteen? Absolutely, could happen. 
Um, I think it's a it's crazy that Mr. Relevant's there. I think the 49er quarterback room is an insane story with Jimmy G and obviously um, what's Trey, Lance. Trey Lance. I mean, what are they going to do after this year? I have no idea who they're going to who they're going to keep. I think Purdy could be a, a competent quarterback, but you know, I don't see I don't see Joe Burrow in him or Josh Allen or anything else. So I just it would be such against the norm for a mediocre quarterback. It's mediocre right now yeah. to to win a Super Bowl. So now I think it I think it comes to an end this weekend. And they're going up against the Philadelphia Eagles, and there hasn't been much of a formula for beating them with Jalen Hurts, only one loss. And um, you look at these two teams, the Niners, you think about their run game and the Shanahan run game and Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, who's been quiet, by the way. I don't know where he was in that divisional game. Only had like 40-something yards. But but anyway, the run game for the Niners is their strength, and I'm not sure their run game is even better than Philadelphia's with Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders has had a productive season and, of course, uh, the Eagles' offensive line has been outstanding for years. And so the Niners' strength, I think the Eagles do it better. And that's why I think the Eagles are going to win this game. And then, of course, you have a quarterback in Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, who, I mean, we we keep saying it every week, when is he going to make that big rookie mistake? And he really hasn't yet. Um, but I agree with you. I, I, I hate to do it, but I think he could throw a couple big interceptions this week. And um, it, the advantage at quarterback is just too huge for Philadelphia. You've got Mr. Relevant going up against a guy who I believe would have been the MVP if he didn't win two games, if he didn't miss two games. And Jalen Hurts is literally Superman this year. And um, his connection with A.J. Brown is something that you cannot overlook. I think the Eagles win by 10 points, maybe even more. And uh, Shanahan's done a great job with this team. And the defense, their linebackers, I mean, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw are just – Amazing. In every level of their defense, the Niners are so fun to watch. But I, you can't overlook how big of a gap there is between Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy. So I get the Eagles. It's just crazy because like, when you look at these games, both games are could go either way. Like I wouldn't want to bet either of them. The thing is, when you get to these levels, it's all about the margin for error. Like which team, when you're trying to predict, which team has the more margin for error? And of the four teams playing, the, the, the 49ers have the least margin for error because I don't think they can win a game 35-31. Like, unless mm-hmm. Debo Samuel has some kind of freak mode where he gets the ball on a five-yard screen and runs for three touchdowns, that kind of thing. The Eagles can play. You know, they can make mistakes and still win. Purdy cannot throw two or three interceptions and then win. It just can't happen. Yeah, no, we've seen some bad quarters from Jalen Hurts. On my fantasy team, it was kind of the story for a lot of weeks. He would have a down first half and then would just explode with some rushing touchdowns in the second half. And so uh, – yeah, I think the Eagles have – they could start slow and then come back. I don't see that with the Niners. Yeah, I agree. So look at the AFC side, Bengals versus the Chiefs. The first thing i got to say is the most – at least to me, I thought it was so cringy when Joe Burrow was like – what was he like? you got to send those vouchers back when they were no, talking. No, no, that's, no I think was, that was good. That was good I, smack. I, no, no, you got to – but that's that's because everyone knew he was going to say that when there was what was it, did he huh. say that he said send the vouchers back he for, said got to send those refunds, refunds back refunds yeah back. The whole I, thought was was I thought it was great I thought it was great look it's one of those things look the look practically yes the NFL had to sell the tickets like they can't they couldn't exactly. have waited exactly they do that for it's like if you buy tickets to Game Seven of a playoff series like it might not happen yeah, why are people yeah. so upset about well them selling I understand tickets you have yeah to. I understand that they're upset about the situation like them having to go on the on, uh, to a neutral site would have been bogus i think mm-hmm. um especially the coin flip thing that would be even more bogus but they've already kind of gone past those so when you look at the game i have no idea what's going to happen like look i think the biggest the biggest matchup of course is the bengals offensive line because they were they've been awful all year they somehow pulled it together and played amazing last week against buffalo which i think buffalo is more about buffalo just totally laying an egg mm-hmm. um, which we can talk about too and how disappointing they are um i mean look i mean 
the Chiefs. I could see the Chiefs winning by. I could see either team winning by twenty-one points. I mean, it, unlikely, but I mean, the Bengals seem to have something just special going right now. But it, that the Chiefs also. I mean, with Kelsey, it comes down to they got to defend Kelsey because I think that's where Jacksonville. Like, I don't know what they were thinking letting letting Kelsey have twelve, thirteen catches in the first three quarters. That was just inexcusable. It's one thing if he makes some crazy touchdown catch in the in the back of the end zone, but to just let him cook for the whole game was kind of silly. Yeah. Um, but. I think that it's gonna that could be an epic epic game. Um, I if I had to bet, I'll give the slight edge of Kansas City because they're at home, and I do think that the that they're gonna but be able it's to Burrowhead. Yeah, I know, but I just think I just think the Bengals <laughs> offensive line is did just you come, gonna did you just come up with that right now. Or no, no, I'm I'm sure no, the Bengals have been saying that. I'm sure he's heard that. I'm not think, that creative. I just think the Bengals offensive line is gonna finally show the cracks that we've seen all year, and it's only gonna take one or two drive killing sacks to change that game because I think Mahomes. I think it's prime time for Mahomes. But I could see anything happen. That's gonna. I can't wait for that game. Yeah. yeah. The one thing I would have liked, I, at least I saw this. I don't, I'm not sure if this was true. If the Bills had played the Chiefs at a neutral site, they were gonna have the Bills fans on one end and the Chiefs fans on the That's other. That's what they should do. Like a soccer game. That's like, what like soccer a, does, yeah. and they should do it every regular season game. There should be a section at every at every you know every section yeah, for um, that would be for cool. away fans. But, but we were, you just said we might talk about the Bills laying an egg, and we can do that. Um, I don't know if you guys saw all the reports. Stefan Diggs left the locker room way earlier than one of the backup running backs had to bring him back for one of those interviews or something like that. The coaches talk. Yeah, he was yeah. Uh, furious. He, I, he has every right to be. Um, he's in – I would equate or, or um, compare his situation to something like um, the Oilers right now where if they can't do anything in the playoffs in the next two or three years, Connor McDavid or Dreitzel, one of their top players, is going to want to leave because they can't. Buffalo, same thing. It's just struggled uh, in the playoffs for the last few years and can't seem to make it to a Super Bowl. I, I don't know. How, I don't know what, how I feel about this. I like Josh Allen. I like the Bills. I think they're a good team, but it's just a tough you, game. You've never seen a. I mean, the biggest by far the biggest moment of their season is when Von Miller went down. I think that they have a wholly different experience because their defense couldn't stop Joe Burrow. I mean, it was easy. And look, Burrow's getting a lot of positive publicity this week and he should because he had a good game but boy it was easy sailing in that game against buffalo there were wide open receivers but the craziest thing about it is buffalo doesn't seem to know how to play in that weather i mean they want to they talked about building a dome up there and everyone's like no don't build a dome but maybe they, maybe they're onto something yeah. look it's it's look as a patriots fan i don't like the bills so i'm happy they lost and it obviously you know for me it, you know look as a patriots fan too it's not like the patriots are closer to the bills now they still kind of own us so i'm not you know i'm not saying that um but look their window as far as the the Stefan Diggs thing, I don't have that huge of a problem with it. Look, it's it's he hasn't really shown that much diva behavior in the past. And look, he's very emotional. We saw his blow up on the sideline towards Josh Allen, and he's just saying, but he was right. I mean, he's like, What are we doing here? Like, Allen was not good this year. The second half of that year, he was a good quarterback, but he was not elite like he needs to be. He threw a ton of interceptions, fumbled the ball as well. Not a hundred percent on him, but they don't have as much talent, really, when you look at it on paper, as some of the other teams like like the Bengals. So Surprising that they laid an egg, yes. Not surprising they lost, but surprising that game wasn't close really from the start. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they, they have some soul-searching to do here in this offseason, and with potentially Brady and maybe Rodgers coming to this division to play quarterback, I mean, they don't have any room to lose. Did you? I don't know if you saw this, but I saw a TikTok or a video of uh, Tom Brady was at a private school in Miami looking for a place for his It doesn't kids. mean anything. His, wife, his ex-wife was yeah. there, so I'm not thinking anything. It was so funny because the person, there's someone taking a video. It must have been just some, some person just ran yeah. on the street. And Tom turns around to go leave, and he goes, so, Tom, you coming to play for Miami? It's so funny. I, I don't want to talk about Tom Brady. His interview the other day was the cringiest yeah. thing I've ever heard in yeah. my life. But. And for the, for the Bills, they're just missing, like, an it factor. And mm-hmm. 
Running everybody back. How about a running back? Yeah. Get a running game going. Everybody wants to talk about the running game. They were like top 10 in rushing, but that's because of Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. They yeah. don't have a literal running yeah. back. So maybe Brandon Bean, their GM, who's done a fantastic job, by the way, going out and getting Vaughn Miller, who could be that it factor if he were healthy. Maybe he goes and drafts Bijan Robinson or does something crazy. But back up the truck for and- Tony Pollard. Somebody like Tony Pollard. A back that can go out of the end. It's look, single is not garbage, but they don't scheme all for it. And and it looks like their their plan is just like, well, if we get in trouble, Josh will make a play. He'll run around and, and dive. That's not a, that's not a Super Bowl winning mentality, which is why again they have not even made a Super Bowl in this run that they've been having. And to switch gears back to, I I want to say uh, something about the the Chiefs Bengals game because I haven't made my prediction on that, which <laughs> I is a complete toss up to me. And I understand why the Bengals might have a uh, a slight couple point favorite. Um, this week because they have the better run game, they have better receivers, and their defense has been balling. But it's just Andy Reid. And somehow, some way, Travis Kelsey gets open so much, and they uh, work with what they have at receiver, whether it's Kadarius Toney or who knows who it is that steps up this week. I've got the Chiefs because I think Chris Jones and that defensive line is going to have a big game. And, of course, they're not going to – Burroughs played with a bad offensive line basically his whole career, but I think it will overwhelm him a little bit too much. And I hate to do it because the Bengals on paper have a better roster, but I just think Andy Reid and that offense are going to find a way, even with the hobbled Patrick Mahomes that might not be able to run the ball as much. The, sex- the sexiest matchup on paper is 49ers-Bengals, just because yeah. of the history, right? You guys don't remember it, yeah. but like that, that'd be the sexiest yeah. matchup. What could be the best game? Probably four, probably Eagles Chiefs. Chiefs. I, that, I put on yeah, my Twitter that, yesterday my... top four matchups because you would get the Kelsey Bowl mm-hmm. and you get Andy Reid against his former team, and yeah, those yeah. are the two most complete teams. In he does not like the Eagles. He got fired. I, I also so. just think that that's the best matchup in general. Chiefs Eagles. I, I yeah. don't yeah. I don't see the, like Brock Purdy being in the Super Bowl doesn't mean a doesn't, lot to no, me. No. Like when when Jimmy G was in it, like that was that was something. Or if Trey Lance was in it, that would be something. But yeah. it doesn't doesn't because I think much. Purdy could be not, a nothing burger in a year or two. You know what I mean? I think all the only matchup I don't really want to see is Bengals Eagles it just I don't know what it is there's just no real storyline there it's two good teams kind of thrown together but I think the other three matchups would be very very good mm-hmm. so I, I'm Chiefs Eagles Cole your Chiefs Eagles yeah and your Chiefs Eagles I also Eagles. like wow. Niners Bengals too though all right so I think I think we're all, <laughs> unanimous. but that's the thing like it, it really could be any of the four combinations yeah. which is why yeah. the game's which is the first game yeah. Uh, uh, first game is the NFC Championship. Okay. Is that Saturday or Sunday? Are they Sunday. Sunday. Sunday, three and or three thirty and six thirty. Six thirty. All right. I used to go to a lot of those games. I love the three thirty game when we went to the Patriots games because yep. you get to watch a second one. There yeah. you go. That was cool. We'll talk about some uh, hockey now. We'll start with the Boston Bruins. Thirty. They good. Oh, oh, oh right. real funny. I gotta, I gotta give a shout out to Cole who wore Bruins attire to oh, a yeah. what? last night. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I'm a. I'm a, you asked me one time, are you a Bruins fan? Of course. Even if I'm not a huge yeah, hockey yeah. fan. I, can you name five players on the team? Oh, I definitely can. Okay. Want, want me no, to no I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I, know, I want him to. Can you name five players? Okay. Outside so we of have big, out, okay, well, okay. We got Bergeron, Krejci. I mean, I could name yep. five All players. Right. Uh, we got uh, Bergeron, Marchand, Krejci, McAvoy, Lindholm, Olmark, Swayman. That's six. I could probably ma- name that, a couple That was more. seven. I'll, I'll give you hey, a, seven. Yeah. A solid. Dougie Hamilton is still on the team? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It, you're, you're just doing this to, to yes, to, I am. Yeah, okay. Yes. All anyway, right. just well, enjoy. They're they're the best team in the history of the NHL. Just keep going. Go <laughs> well, for it. Well, that's what the question is. They're they're thirty eight five and four, and they have a chance at making history. So the most points and wins in a season ever came in the same season. The ninety five ninety six Red Wings had sixty two wins and one hundred thirty one points. The Bruins are currently on pace for sixty six wins and one hundred forty two points. Do you think it is possible for them to beat to break both the records or one of the both? No. 
I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna have a swoon because look, they have bigger aspirations. And how many of these teams that you know, I, who was it a couple years ago? Was it Lightning that won a ridiculous amount of games and got swept in the first 100, round? One hundred twenty-nine points and swept okay, so it, so it happens. Yeah. Like that, it, and I'm not saying that's gonna happen to the Bruins specifically, but um, I just think, look, could they? I mean, of course, look at the pace that they're on. But they're just, something. Something's got to give unless all of these players, especially the goalies, are Martin Brodeur, you know, reimagined here. At some point, they're gonna have a swoon and like they're they're they're. they're Near the end of the season, if they've wrapped up the President's Trophy, like what is the point of getting that record if you don't win a Stanley Cup? So rest your guys, especially because they're not a young team. They've got some older guys. I think they come close. I think they probably finish with like 126, 127 points. Don't mean a thing without a ring. I know that from the 73-win uh, Warriors. <coughs> oh, yeah. So hopefully they can just save their energy until the playoffs and just play well then because you don't want to expend all your energy trying to get this win record. Yeah. It- uh, to me, the President's Trophy means nothing. I think it has nothing to do with the, the whole curse. I don't believe in the curse. I think it's so like the last team to win the President's Trophy and win a Stanley Cup was in 2018. It's not like it's been like 30 years or something. But it doesn't happen often. Yeah, especially when they win by this much. Who's even? Is them, no one's even close to them right now. Yeah, but um, I think I, I would like to see them break the wins, the points. Eh, it's 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 the points don't matter. We're we're I think it's like 14 points above the next best team. Our goal differential is like 50 above the next best team. That's insane. So we're we're just dominating. Uh, continuing on hockey, but more in general, I just wanted to bring this to your guys' attention and get a quick question out. So in the past week, two players have had reoccurring injuries in the NHL, and they were both pretty bad. Uh, Max Pacioretty tore his Achilles tendon last year, was out six to eight months. He was out for m- almost eight months, so basically the entire rehab process. Plays three games, ruptures the exact same Achilles Ooh. tendon. He may never play hockey again. I wouldn't either. I would ne- never get on yeah. skates again. Couple, same situation, not really the same situation, but Josh Norris for the Ottawa Senators uh, had a very bad shoulder injury uh, at the beginning of the season, preseason, was out 38 games, played three games, destroys the same shoulder. And not, both of these were non contact. They were not, they got hit hard. Matt Patrick was skating around the net and put his skate down a wrong way. Um, and so Norris is now out for the rest of the season. Looking back to like Tua and some of these players that may be coming back too early. Um, so the, I guess the question I have is, do you think that this is an issue with players around all the leagues in general, coming back too early because they want to play and getting re-injured? Or is this are these all isolated situations? I think it's, I mean, I would lean toward isolated because they are very different. And Achilles tendon, look, concussions are a totally different thing because yep. it's one of those things when you get concussions, you're more likely to get more, likely to get more concussions. And that... That really was a, f- a systemic failure of the NFL, and he may, ne- may never be the same again. We'll, we'll see. I mean, it's the fact that he never returned to football activities is not a great sign for him. I always wonder, too, because the, the re- these recovery times for these major injuries in all sports is so low now. Like, you tear an ACL, and you're out, like, eight months. Not Even in high school, you've seen eight and nine months are back, which is I don't I just don't think – I just don't know. And I'm not – look, I'm not a medical guy at all. I never really had any of those significant injuries, but I think they're – they're testing limits now where you're expecting it. You're expected to come back and you may, yeah, you may get cleared, but maybe mentally you're not ready. I don't know. It's, I don't know these two specific situations, but I think it's very rare for you to tear an Achilles or an ACL very, you know, unless you just have a, a weak ACL or Achilles, right? And that happens, I guess. But yeah, it's, uh, it, it, you're always wondering about the pressure. And I, what I worry about it is when it trickles down to the high school level and it's like, well, you know, so and so, he came back after, you know, after, eight months for an ACL. So I should be able to come back to and play football. And it's like, eh, you're not, you're not in the NFL right now. And if you get hurt and you're done, I mean, you're going to screw yourself out of a scholarship and everything else. So that, that's the worrying part I have. Yeah. It's just that we've seen these speedy, speedy recovery times are becoming the norm. And 
like in the NFL, I think Tua had like three concussions this year. It's just kind of alarming. And then Mahomes has a high ankle sprain, and he's giving it a go the week after, which is supposed to be like a wasn't it like a three to five week injury, something like yep. that? I know he. It's been the year of high ankle sprains in the NFL with Mac Jones and everything. But it, I mean, as long as Mahomes has that confidence, because if he doesn't trust that leg then he could get hurt again so it's definitely a dangerous situation hopefully like Mahomes can get through it this weekend but it's definitely um we've definitely seen a lot of players having some speedy recoveries and I it could be good could be bad I don't know it, it depends on the individual yeah we should get Tony in here for an interview about that yeah, yeah that would be great no, no joking it should be yeah. it actually be a good one as we wrap this in this uh this episode I have one more question for you guys it's not sports related but it is kind of um, so we've had a lot of cancellations with sports this year. It just kind of throws our schedule off for THTV, for everything. And it's, it's just our personal schedules as well. So the big question is, would you rather have a winter, or let's say almost a complete winter, with a lot of snow or zero snow? Now, you can take a second to think about the pros and cons of having lots of snow. Like if you get lots of snow, you have school days off of school, and you know there's lots of fun things to do with the snow. But if you – lots of things – Clean off your car. Yeah. So would you rather have a snow-filled winter or a snowless winter? I would have 0.0 inches of snow. Really? Snow stinks. I don't ski. I don't ice skate. I don't even care about snow. I mean, I care about snow days, but it's, you know. Now we have async snow days. Those aren't too bad because you don't have to make them up at the end of the year. Yeah. But, no, I hate snow. I hate the darkness. I hate winter. Just hate the six months. of. And the only thing yeah. good about what's going on now is, is sports. That's it. <laughs> That's yeah. the only thing that keeps us sticking. But, no, I have no – you know, maybe maybe a couple flurries around Christmas. Sure. Give me a flurry. Give me half an inch on the ground for Christmas morning. Yeah. But other than that, my goodness, no. I'm so happy last night that where I lived, it was all rain, 100%. Could not have been happier. Yeah. I think if it's just for one winter, I would go no snow. Obviously, I – we need snow. I would never like want opt to see no snow again in my life, but a ton of cancellations and everything and snow days are nice. So I don't know. I'm conflicted on that one, but I don't really like the snow. I also ski, but not to the point where I don't love it enough to like love the snow. So I don't know. Yeah. I'd, I'd go no snow. I just don't think yeah. it's, it's worth it. But um, I think there are, there's still some good things to come with snow like these. Although I don't enjoy the async snow days because I still have to do homework on snow days. Uh, it's not that, but they give well, you less work. Well, you're a senior work. too, so you don't have to make up the days anyway. So, yeah, as yeah. you're a senior, you want as many snow days they as possible. They give you less work than if you were in school. I like them. Yeah, but. <laughs> it's the best thing to come out of COVID by far. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for episode 42 of Trojan Talk. We will see you all next week and uh, have fun wherever you are, whether it's snowy or not snowy. <laughs>